Welcome to Life from the Well. We're here to share our perspectives with stories from the service industry. I'm your bartender, Joey. And I'm your barback, Peter. I'll keep the eyes full. Welcome back, everybody, to Life from the Well, where the, co- the drinks are cold and the stories are hot. Uh, today, we're doing things a little bit differently here on the show. Uh, we have our first Skype, can I say that? Our first uh, video conference call. Um, we don't have a guest in-house with us today, but today our guest is Troy Perdue. Troy? Good morning. From, man? Good morning, or good afternoon. Good day. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, different time zones, too. It's yeah. trippy. All right. So where are you coming from? Uh, I'm coming to you from Denver, Colorado. Uh, but I'm, I've been here about three years, uh, spending about 10 months in Seattle. So, uh, that's part of the reason why I kind of knew you guys existed. I still kind of followed the restaurant scene around Seattle. Nice. Uh, but you know, here I am in Denver now. Well, that's super cool. Yeah. Yeah. What took you, what took you to Denver? Um, I'm born and raised in Kansas city. That's home for me. Um, and I moved out to Seattle kind of on a web. Uh, I've kind of moved to different places across the country, including, including Chicago, Wichita, Kansas, spent a lot of time in New York City as well. Uh, so I made it out to Seattle. Uh, didn't really know what I was getting into, being two hours away from everybody and time zone wise. And then, man, Seattle is really in its own little corner of the universe. And when you're up there and you're actually from the Midwest or anything east of the Rockies, you can really kind of feel that separation. Uh, Mom and dad are getting older. They're still in the Kansas City area, so Denver was a pretty easy choice to uh, find a new home and uh, not be too far away from mom and dad. Nice. nice. That's very nice. Yeah. And it's still a pot legal state, which is awesome. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that has my support. <laughs> That's one reason I love Colorado. So, amongst other reasons. So a lot of friends, you know, met a lot of people over the years. Uh, a lot of them has, you know, migrated to Denver. I kind of fought moving to Denver. I didn't want to be one of those guys, uh, you know, just another person moving to Denver. So I, I said, let's go to Seattle. Let's really do something. Uh, and I had fun there, but like I said, it's just a little too far away from home. Got a little homesick. Yeah, sure. No, that's totally understandable. I get it. <laughs> so I'm sorry. Yeah, no. You're usually the one that goes for the, uh, the resume. Yeah. <laughs> so we start out in the beginning with uh, our guest resume. It's uh, basically just kind of your we start with uh, what kind of brought you into the industry, your beginnings, you know, what, what, what you know. Yeah, probably my start was definitely in Kansas City. I give credit to my start to a guy named Jasper Mirabli. Uh He owned an Italian restaurant uh, there in the Kansas City area. He's been around for about 65 years now, I think, uh, him and his dad. And just the whole fine dining thing, like really impressing people uh, at a, you know, at a teenager age, just kind of, you know, uh, it appealed to me. Um, you saw people get really happy, and at the same time, you know, at, you know, at that level of service, the money's really good as well. Oh, yeah. uh, and so, started around Jasper's, and then uh, various uh, restaurants around Kansas City. Um, so a lot of your big corporate uh, steakhouse type restaurants, um, and then I took kind of a shot uh, around. This was around 2003, and. Uh, said, let's move to New York City. I call it the Frank Sinatra experiment because uh, he said, if you can make it there, you can make it anywhere. Right. Um, and so I went out there and got a job with Morton's in Midtown. 
uh, and that was awesome. And just kind of the passion and the blood kept, kept you know, boiled up there. <clears throat> Ended up moving to Chicago, uh, worked at a, uh, an amazing steakhouse there. Uh, it was a really cool experience, worked for a pretty popular uh, personality in the Chicago area. Uh, that was awesome. And then moved to Wichita, Kansas. Um, thought I needed to slow down in life. Um, boy, did I really hit the brakes there. <laughs> um, it was it was a far cry different than the big city, which then prompted my move out to Seattle. Uh, and gosh, man, you know, that five months of summer there is one of the most beautiful things I've ever been a part of. But that eight-month <laughs> rain season is serious business. <laughs> yeah, we only got about four months of summer this year. So yeah. it's, it's uh, a little so, shorter. <laughs> you know. And then worked at uh, worked down on Lake Union, uh, mm. uh, at a restaurant down there, uh, there in Seattle, and then on into. Uh, uh, they hired me. I didn't realize that it was a seasonal position, uh, and I didn't know any better. Uh, I was just excited to get the job, and then I worked at another restaurant downtown. Uh, really nice, uh, kind of a. If it was a steakhouse, they would have served steak, but they served seafood. So it kind of you know, it had the feel of a steakhouse, but it was nothing but seafood. Sure. Yeah. Uh, Sounds like Seattle. Yeah, there's a lot yeah, of Absolutely. Absolutely. <laughs> so I kind of had an education from one end of the coast to the other. And, uh, That's awesome. Now I'm doing it here in Denver at, a, uh, at another steakhouse. Uh, <laughs> there's mm -hmm. definitely a pattern, um, and it's kind of an Italian style steakhouse. Uh, man. I, you know, it's allowed me to travel from one coast to the other to other parts of the world to just visit and, uh, you know, still passionate about it 25 years into this. So, so is it tough awesome. being a vegan working at a steakhouse? <laughs> uh, I wish I could say I was a vegan man. I am nothing but meat and potatoes, boys. <laughs> <laughs> what, okay so you've worked a ton at steakhouses what's your favorite steak um probably a you know a bone-in strip a true kansas city strip uh that's got to be it that's you know perfect balance between a filet and a ribeye uh, mm -hmm. yeah that's it right there for me if you that's can awesome. give me a porterhouse i'll do it i've actually sold a porterhouse for dessert at two different restaurants <laughs> what <laughs> just a porterhouse for dessert <laughs> no when you get a when you're at a steakhouse and you have a long line of steaks for them to offer you know they want to get their filet they want to get their ribeye and you try to shoot them you know a hundred hundred twenty dollar porterhouse they're like ah you know you know but you keep pushing it you keep pushing it and then you don't bring in dessert menus and you say gentlemen would you like dessert and it's always well what do you suggest for dessert you know you've made good suggestions up this far well porterhouse mm -hmm. and a couple of a couple of groups of guys have just been like all right let's do it so uh, let's do a porterhouse for dessert, gentlemen. <laughs> That's awesome. I like that. I like that in the end of check suggestion a lot of time. I saw a lot of shots that way when I when I dropped the check. You know, if you just say, it gets you guys a dessert or a round of shots? <laughs> and uh, more often than not, people are like, 1942. Ah, still and you, round of shots. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> or you present that as, get the fuck out of here. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. It's either you're going to spend some more money or you're going to get out. Either yeah, yeah. It's, I mean, a it's, a nice it's a nice way of it's a nice way of clearing house. Yeah, absolutely. Service with a smile and all that. <laughs> so how many how many years would you say you've been doing this? Uh, over twenty. Yeah, nice. Yeah, started as a teenager. Now I'm 41, getting ready to be 42 now. 
Right on. Very nice. Right on. That's cool. It's cool. Like all the places that you, that it's, that the industry's taking you or that you've been able to just travel and, and just been able to find us, you know, something to do. Just you know, this. I tell some people we're malleable. Mm-hmm. Um, we're one of the few industries out there that uh, you can go out, find a job and potentially be working and making money the next day. Yeah. Um, right. There's not many people that can even get an interview or a phone call within the first 10 days of their job hunt. Uh, So, you know, being able to pack three bags and jump on an airplane, train, automobile, whatever, and move or just go somewhere, uh, we have that benefit. So, yeah, yeah, I love it. Yeah. Awesome. Well, Pete, you can go on the next one then, I guess. Okay. Um, So, I'm sure that you know from listening to a few of our episodes that we love hearing stories. Uh, and we've gotten, you know, the story of you. Oh, we haven't started drinking yet. Um, oh, his. I was just grabbing. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's like we've got, we've got we've, some. You know, we're gonna stray from our standard uh, yeah, rain was, dogs and go with drink. Join you with the red wine. Yeah. So I was, I was thinking about. It. I sent you guys, told you guys that I love red blends, but I went up to uh, my favorite liquor store here last night, and I was looking through and. Uh, Ran across a bottle from uh, Walla Walla. Uh, so I grabbed that uh, kind of there in memory of Washington. Uh, yeah. Which bottle are you? Uh, it's the Cayuse from uh, the Cayuse. I love them. My wife and I have a bottle of the Cayuse as well. We're, we're, sa- we're saving that for, you know, a nice steak dinner here in the next couple months, but... Uh, Oh, we're doing the, the Bordeaux. <laughs> I wish I could say French names, but I can't. <laughs> you know, I know I know about this much about French wine. Yeah. Everything I know is either American or Italian. Um, and I have been very honest in interviews. And they're like, what do you know about your wine? I'm like, what do you want to know about wine? And they're like, Oh, what do you know? I was like, okay, here's what I know about French wine. There's a river. There's two <laughs> sides of it. Things are happening on both sides. Are you on the yeah. left bank or the right bank? Which which bank of Bordeaux are you looking for? Well, cheers. Hey, cheers. Thank you so much for <laughs> joining us. I, 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 it's, it's too much. <laughs> I got it. But, okay, now that we've, uh, now that we've cheers and taken a sip, like I was saying, we – We've gotten your story of bouncing back and forth uh, from uh, coast to coast. Um, what other stories do you have? Like some fun, interesting stories, even dramatic or traumatic. <laughs> um, <sighs> traumatic or dramatic. Or, or funny or, you know, any, any kind of story. Man, I don't <laughs> A real gentle, okay, real gentle. <laughs> I, I got something in mind. I just don't know how blunt I want to be about this. <laughs> when I was living in Chicago, uh, I was definitely living a different lifestyle than I am today. I'll, you know, and uh, there were things that you know I needed to purchase on the down low, right? And so I've gone and I'm having dinner, and I'm straight downtown Chicago. You know, amongst the th- thick of things, I was sitting on a patio and I decided, hey, you know, 
I, I want to stay awake all night. You know what I mean? And so I need to make that phone call. So I, I call a guy and he's really only about three blocks away from me. And, uh, hit him up. Hey, I'm sitting on this patio at this restaurant. You know, can you come down? He's like, yeah, give me about an hour and I'll be right over there. About 45 minutes in my wait, a lot of activity starts happening on the street and we see police dogs and things start getting really serious. And I stand up and I start looking around and all of a sudden I see these two big black limousines backing into an alley and I realize, holy shit, the president, Barack Obama, was having dinner at his favorite restaurant in downtown Chicago, and I got somebody on their way to come meet me, you know, to handle some business on the slide. <laughs> so I'm starting to freak out a little bit, and I don't want to text them, hey, stop. Yeah. And so <laughs> comes on down, and I'm like, hey, man, I'm like, the president's right across the street. This is like a serious situation. He says, here you go, puts on the table and walks off. And I'm like, are you serious? And so I get put it in my pocket. <laughs> I go into the restroom because I'm, you know, I go into the restroom and I, you know, I do, I do what everybody does. I go into the stall and I check it out and uh, come out. And just as I'm coming out of getting myself situated, this guy that I affectionately ended up calling six clips uh, comes walking in because he had an assault rifle with six clips Oh, to his chest, and he kind of looks around, and I looked at him, and <laughs> and apparently he didn't think anything of me. I went out, found my waitress. I said, "I need my bill right now." It's like we really, we really, 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 really <laughs> I need my bill. Got out of there, and, and uh, went back, told my friends about this, and they're like, you know, someone was probably looking at you at some point during that night, and. Uh, so I made a drug deal right in front of the Secret Service. So I'm pretty proud of that fact, gentlemen. Uh, <laughs> well, that's one hell of a story. One hell of a story, yeah. Uh, that's a pretty, pretty dramatic story. I got to be honest. After, after I left New York City, Chicago, you know, I told you I, I moved to Wichita. And I've heard you guys kind of talk about, you know, get into a little bit of the psychology behind uh, servers and kind of the, you know, the, the lifestyle that we live, you know, I got sober in Wichita for about 380 days, no drinking, no, no weed, no nothing. And, uh, you know, I came back out that on that of the other side, only doing, I only smoke weed now and drink, uh, and I only drink wine. I think I told you guys in the email that I don't drink any hard alcohol because I know what, I know what path that's going to take now. Um, you know, and I've been having conversations here recently, like, you know, our servers, you know, especially here, you know, last year with Anthony Bourdain, uh, you know, committing suicide. It's like, are, are servers really taking care of themselves within the industry? And, uh, you know, are they taking care of their own mental health? Yeah. Uh, and, you know, I don't know. It was something that's been brought up here recently. It's been on my mind recently. And, uh, you know, it's not anything, you know, if you guys want to talk about it, just... You know, the psychological makeup of servers. Sometimes we could just be so hard on ourselves, you know, tear our own hairs apart and, you know, stress about that ranch dressing that we didn't drop on whatever, you know, that we always see the memes for that. I think kind of funny, you know, because it's so freaking true that, yeah. you know, we spend so much time, you know, uh, projecting our energy and our focus onto other people that's like, man, 
am I stepping back to take that time for myself as well and uh, provide those those amenities for myself? And uh, that's something that over 20, 25 years, moving from think, 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 one, one side of the country or the other and meeting, I think, potentially every kind of person there is. Like, you know, everybody's unique and, and special and, you know, we can accept that and I do accept that. But, you know, I can kind of be like, yeah, I kind of remember a guy like you in this one place and I kind of remember a guy like you over here and you're kind of acting like this one idiot that I, <laughs> you know, uh, it's, you know, so that, that kind of psychological makeup of just the, sh the smearing of people all yeah. across, uh, you know, not even the country, but the globe. Well, that's one of the things that we really, you know, we're trying to bring across to everybody is, you know, yeah, you see servers when you go to the restaurant and you see servers in movies and TV shows, but, you know, there's a lot that goes on behind the scenes that you don't see if you're not a part of the industry. And, you know, where we want this to be a place for people who are part of the industry to tell their stories uh, and to have them on file, so to speak. But we also want to kind of educate people and let people who know who aren't a part of this industry, what's really going on. And you bring up a very good point. It's like there, there was a time where, you know, not too many years ago, I was at my wits ends, you know, psychologically, emotionally, mentally, I was just frayed and I couldn't handle it anymore. And I left the industry for a number of years. Mm -hmm. I'm kind of back in it, but I'm, I'm in retail, uh, of alcohol instead of being, you know, the, the pusher of alcohol. Right. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I'm still pushing alcohol, but right. it's, it's in a different capacity. I'm not right. watching you get drunk while I'm pushing. <laughs> but you yeah. bring up a really solid point about, you know, the psyche of, of the server, the bartender, the kitchen staff. Mm -hmm. Well, and, and now on your end, you're a little bit more nine to five um, and a regular... <laughs> Yeah, a little bit then, you know, walking in the door at the same time most people are leaving work and yeah. pushing through till that midnight hour. Mm -hmm. uh, I managed a bar here in Denver uh, <laughs> uh, that lasted six months. It was my first and only management experience. <laughs> uh, it was a cool place. I, you know, it was, it was a lot of fun. Uh, I had my snapping point on New Year's Eve. Uh, a, a kid. Uh, kid he was 24 25 i don't know how old he was uh, all i remember is wearing skinny jeans and a peter pan hat <laughs> that about him. our upstairs bar had a was this a server huh no it was a guest oh yeah it was a person and uh <laughs> uh he was mess we had garage doors that could close in and it was new year's eve denver colorado it's obviously pretty cold out but it wasn't too terribly cold that night and the bar had uh, some drainage problems. And so water would back up on particular busy nights. And if that thing was shut and we had the heat going, it would get that kind of musty, you know, water's been sitting around too long smell. And I had a few people ask me, hey, can you open up one of the garage doors to kind of cool it, you know, cool it off in here and get the smell out? So I did it. And I turn and I hear the, I hear it shut and I turn around and, I go and open it and I walk off and get shut again. And I go and open it because I'm a dummy and I don't 
you know, I don't turn around to see who's doing it, but the third time I do, and I see this kid and he's shutting it. And I went over there and the first time I was calm and I was like, hey man, I was like, five minutes, give me five minutes with it open. You know, go stand by the bar, you know, something else, just five minutes, let's cool it off in here. And I walk off and I'm kind of basically walking backwards to watch to see if we'll do it again. And sure shit, he said it's again. And he gives me the finger and he says, fuck you, you big bitch. Oh. And I don't know if you guys can tell over the computer. I'm about 6'4". I weigh about 240, 250. <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> and I immediately walked up to him. And I lost my cool. Like, I really did. I lost my shit on him. And I snatched him. And I started walking him towards the staircase. And I'm kind of just grabbing him by his shirt and just kind of forcing the issue. And he's grabbing onto anything he can. And I'm just kind of. And I get to the staircase and he's grabbing on trying to pull and I put him in a full Nelson. <laughs> and I start walking down the stairs while he grabs on to the railing real hard. And I'm like, oh, you want to go that way? So I planted my foot and kind of pretended like I was going to push him. And then, wham, put him into the wall as hard as I could. And as soon as he hit the wall, he crumpled. Uh, and I knew he was out. And I was like, about that time, one of our security guys came and he got him, he got him out there. And I immediately went downstairs and I replayed it on the camera and I laughed the first two times. Because <laughs> I was like, that's funny. And then it was like, oh shit. Like, I just knocked somebody out. Like, I just physically threw someone up against the wall yeah. and they were out cold. Yeah. And so I started writing <laughs> the incident report. You know, I typed that out. And uh, this is New Year's Eve. My birthday is New Year's Day. Oh, no. And so I sent that email out. That night I closed down the bar. I said, good working with you, staff. And, of course, you know, no one has officially fired me or even said anything to me yet. Uh, but I was like, good working with you guys. See you on the flip side. Um, I was allowed to retire. Uh, they didn't. They were actually pretty cool about it. You know, it was probably a situation that happened at 10 other bars that night. Mm -hmm. uh, but you know it's one of those things you gotta you know as a manager you gotta delegate and not just take it into your own hands and I'm like <laughs> no the guy's doing it to my face he put his finger you know you know yeah. what I mean? it's like I so I just I'm just gonna be a server yeah I'm yeah. just yeah here I am this is yeah I don't make decisions anymore you, you found your niche and you're you're happy with it why is the music so loud yeah. sorry I don't know. Turned it up. I don't the know. managers, I don't know. I I managed a bar for a short time and, and just bartend now for 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 similar not I you know, I, I didn't uh have to have to slam anybody against the wall in, in that situation at that bar anyways. But uh there's so much it's just so much nicer just showing up and just being able to work kind of your shift and manage your section. Absolutely. Just get through that night, you know, and then and then when you clock out after you, the four days a week you work, you know, <laughs> at least for me, I'm able to take a weekend and I don't get emails all all weekend long about you know the operations of everything. That that's I leave it, it takes on so much. Myself and five other people leave in one week, five hours for Italy. My sister's actually flying out from Seattle straight to London, and we're headed uh, to Pisa, Florence, Cinque Terre, um, and some other places in Italy. Awesome. And it's going back to the malleable thing. Uh, okay. 
what job could I have taken two other vacations to go back home and see mom and dad this year and take this 10 days to go to Italy yeah. and ask for Thanksgiving day. You know what? I just asked for all these, you know, little things like we're blessed. Like we, we, we kind of got a good little bit. So, uh, you know, the sacrifice I think of having a normal life, <laughs> <laughs> but it, you know, it, it, it suits, it suits, I think, our culture, though. You know, it's yeah. the perks that we have. Yeah. You know, yep. to focus on those is... My name is like-minded people, the same energy. Yeah. Yeah, so yeah which is funny because I actually just got back from Italy um, two weeks ago. We, were, we spent a week in Sardinia and southern Italy and then a few days in London flying back to Seattle. So it's yeah. <laughs> probably a similar path. Yeah, very similar. Yeah. yeah. Uh, cheap flights. I seriously walked... Yeah. I knew I was going to do it. I knew it was going to be my fiance and I. Um, and I kind of walked into a pre-shift meeting, a little bragging a little bit, uh, maybe. Uh, and I well, said, as you should. Yeah. <laughs> and I said, hey, I just paid this much for round trip tickets to Italy. Yeah. And it was, who wants to go? And immediately uh, a couple that worked there, they're like, uh, that's not expensive. Like, yeah. Yeah, I know. So, and then it became another friend. I decided to get him in on it. And then uh, a really good friend of mine that lives up in Bacatillo. Uh, mm -hmm. Nice. Uh, shout out Grace. Mm -hmm. uh, she lives up there. Uh, she's the best person in the world. I got to I gotta, gotta give a lot of credit to her. Uh, she helped me move up to Seattle. Uh, her mom is up there. Her mom's battling cancer right now. Uh, you know, so we're always thinking about Grace and Michelle. So, uh, yeah, yeah we're all headed to Italy. Take a little break from That's there. Awesome. That's going to be awesome. Man. You guys are going to have such a great time. Such a great time. Italy's, Italy's great. <laughs> yeah. I look forward to going someday. Yeah. The food, <laughs> it's just like all What's the that? Hmm? Where have you traveled to? Have you ever been outside the States? Um, I've been to Seoul, South Korea, and uh, that was amazing. That was an incredible trip, but that's the only country outside of the States that I've ever been to. Um, never been to Mexico, but Canada doesn't really count, I don't think. Canada counts. I mean, it's just because we're close it, to it. It's like you're, you're just going, you're just going over to the neighbor's house, really. That's what Canada is, but it's <laughs> like, I actually went. I, I hopped in. I think you need a passport to get there now. So. To get, well, now, yeah. Now, but uh, no, I hopped on the You can't use the, uh, the little ID passport card. Yeah. 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 I think that's like the only one. No. Are they phasing those out? I know the Washington State ones are getting phased out. Like, they're not going to be recognized in the airport. You're going to need your passport yeah. to travel. Like, right. um, to travel, travel even, even from state to state. Yeah. Know, or, yeah. Anyway, yeah. anyway um, no, yeah, it was like one of the funnest trips I've ever been on. Um, flew over there and just was completely, aside from meeting my friend for, you know, I was going over there for his wedding. Um, aside from meeting, uh, connecting up with him, I mean, I was disconnected from my entire life and it was the best five days of my life. <laughs> was that during the time you were actively working in the restaurant industry or were you, yeah, yeah see, yeah. and that's that. Yeah, that's that beauty of just saying, "Hey, mm -hmm. I need ten days off yeah. here in a few months." I'm <laughs> <laughs> like, not gonna pay you. And you're like, okay. I, I actually, I, I went to Seoul and then I came home and I like had less than 24 hours and I flew over to Chicago with a couple of friends of mine for the Huskies um, football game and uh, they played, I think, Illinois State at. Uh, Soldier Field. 
go dogs. <laughs> and um, it was just so much fun because, you know, we're in Chicago and we're running around having a blast. And, and uh, yeah, I was able to go to, go to Seoul, go to Chicago for like another four to four or five days and then go to California at, right after that and go to Disneyland for two days and then came home. Yeah. <laughs> you said Huskies and you said you're in Chicago. So I immediately thought Northwestern. Oh, uh, no. I wasn't thinking Washington Huskies. <laughs> yeah, nobody ever really thinks Washington Huskies. Yeah. I used to work with a guy from Connecticut, and he would always say because the Yukon. Yeah, yeah, it's, it's like it's UW yeah. is another uh, football team, I think, or it's just the Dogs. They call themselves the Dogs, and they have like a Husky-looking mascot. You know, t- you know, since you guys look like your sports guys, that's another great mm-hmm. benefit of being in the restaurant industry is being around. Out, you know, the alcohol distributors that'd be like, "Hey, here's a couple of tickets." Oh, to, yeah, throw tickets your way. You know, for... throw tickets to the game or, uh, yeah, whatever promo they may have. Uh, yeah, yeah. So that's another great benefit about this. About this. Yeah, I, I work for a, a chef who who has a he has like season tickets to all the local teams, and so he'd give out he'll give out passes to games throughout the year too, which is a lot of fun. That's cool. Yeah. That's just. That's not through the vendors, but. <laughs> <laughs> well, do you have any like funny stories from like any of your tables that you had to take care of that they did like some shenanigan and? Yeah, for sure. Uh, there's been a, you know, you know, presentation is everything. Uh, how you say it. Uh, one of my, I think one of my early idols was Don Rickles. Um, <laughs> you nice. know, just. His delivery was so, <laughs> so matter of fact uh, that it left some people wondering if he was telling a joke or insulting them. <laughs> uh, you know, a couple stories. Uh, Chicago had a, three business ladies, um, and they were, you know, a couple couple martinis, a bottle of wine through dinner, and they were pretty feeling pretty good about life. And I dropped a dessert menu, and we were known for a peanut butter pie. And this lady said, oh, I want that peanut butter pie. And this other lady pipes up. She goes, yeah, I want protein for dessert. I said, I'll put that in a shot glass for you. <laughs> Just walked away from the table. Uh, <laughs> that was pretty good. <laughs> that was pretty good. And they did did she like it? Did she like it? Oh, the they joke? all started laughing. They thought it was oh, that's awesome. ever. Yeah. Um, I had a couple servers ask me what it was I said. And I told them. And they didn't believe it. They're like, no, you didn't say that. Absolutely. I didn't. Uh, oh, I absolutely believe you. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Here in Seattle, uh, probably the one time that I've been taken aback and I just kind of smiled and I probably turned bright red. I was uh, cleaning some uh, King Crab Legs table side. Mm. Uh, and I had already gotten the leg part out and I was getting the meat out of the shoulder. Mm-hmm. And I've got gloves on and everything. And it's, uh, it's parents and sons. And the sons were over 21 because I had carded them and they were drinking. They were with their mom and dad. And, you know, there's, at least for me, I only found that there's kind of only one motion that you can use to get the meat out. And that's to kind of just take two fingers and just kind of push the meat through. And then kind of pull it. And so I'm doing this and this lady goes, you should have been a gynecologist. (laughs) (laughs) And I, and I just kind of smiled. And I don't know what to say. I, you know, like, thank you. Private examinations. No. Peter. Oh, Peter. You know, I don't, even today, I still don't know what I could have possibly said. I mean, I'm, I'm 
you know, yeah. fill in the blank, you know, what do you say in this situation? Uh, I usually go, good one. The longer I've been in my career, uh, the more apt I am to be very, very direct with mm -hmm. my guests. Yeah. I'm not afraid to say things anymore so much, or I, I know the line. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, this is one of those things. Uh, here recently, uh, I was waiting to get my money at the end of the night. Um, I was at a restaurant that we're lucky enough to get cash every night. And I had my check out at the bar and, you know, it's obviously near clothes or past clothes. And the bartender's got my, he starts, picks up money and he starts counting out my money. Well, this jack wagon and his wife sitting across the bar start, you know, 12, 15, 32, 42, start throwing out random numbers oh, to throw off his count. Mm -hmm. And I'd probably become been coming off a particularly rough night. I'm not necess don't necessarily remember the entire situation. I said, hey man, no need. You know, no need. You don't you don't need to mess with him. He's just trying to do his shit. You know, let him let us all get out of here. Mm -hmm. And he continues to count, he continues 120, 140, you know, starts messing with again. Yeah. And I again I kind of snapped. Yeah. Hey man, shut the fuck up. Right. Why don't you get the fuck out of here? Shut the fuck up. Let him do my job. Because not only are you messing with him, now you're messing with me. Now you're messing with my money. Now you're on my time. Right. Uh, and all I got was a write-up with a threat of suspension the next time I'd, I'd do it, uh, yeah. which is pretty good given the situation that you I know. did. You didn't knock this guy out. <laughs> I didn't knock this guy out, and I did it to a paying guest. Sure. Uh, you know, but – you know, you get to that point in your career and it's like, you know, mm. I, I, I kind of can push the limit a little bit, you know, whereas a 22 year old, 24 year old kid, mm -hmm. you know, trying to tell off a 40 year old, 50 year old businessman just isn't going to work. Yeah. yeah. Well, I mean, it's, it, you've, you've been in the industry for a number of years and you've earned that. It's not something that just, you know, you wake up one day and you have that ability to do right. it. I think you've put in your time. I think the industry also just kind of shapes the way you, well, you look at too. situations too and you just see a situation where someone's doing their job and someone else is just being a you know a dingus yeah you know a tipster. That, you know and then so you, this is really good <laughs> this is really good but no that's i mean it's, it's, it's just you know you just see bullshit happening and it gives yeah. you a little more ability to cut through that bullshit and just be like but that's you know, move of, on move on that's kind of my point like you yeah. you've been through all this stuff you've dealt with customers like this and you've, you've put in your time where you sat there and you swallowed your pride and, and didn't say anything to them. And now you're at this point where it's like, dude, mm. shut the fuck up. Yeah. I heard when I was, when I was saying guys, when I was acting my recovery, this guy used to tell me no is a complete sentence and doesn't require an explanation. Mm. Um, and I've kind of taken that lesson and it's nice to be able to, you know, can you do, no, <laughs> like that. Nope. Why not? Uh, I mean, you're asking for salsa in an Italian restaurant. I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> Hold on. Let, me, let me run across the street and get some paste picante I, sauce. We, we, we get that too because people ask for ranch. And I work at a Mexican restaurant. And people ask for ranch, and I'm like, I don't have ranch. They're like, you know, how can you not have ranch? I'm like, it's a Mexican restaurant. I have salsa. You want salsa? You want sour cream? I'm like. Ah. 
don't know. Don't have ketchup. You don't have ketchup either. <laughs> got salsa, sour cream. Do you have blue cheese dressing? <laughs> blue cheese. Oh, I'm never coming to your shirt store. Mm-hmm. But we have queso, <laughs> and our queso is fucking good. It is. It is. I yeah. can attest to that. Yeah. Anyway. <laughs> I digress. Back to you, our guest. Okay. So uh, I, got, I do want to. I do want to admit, I am a, Se- a Seahawks fan, and I'm not a bandwagon fan. Nice. I, I can uh, trace my roots to the Seahawks back to Steve Largent. Nice. Oh, hell yeah! Back when uh, Seattle was playing in the AFC West with the Kansas City Chiefs and the Broncos and the Raiders. And oh, no, we got Rick Meyer behind us. So it's a- uh, I can vaguely, I can vaguely remember Derek Thomas sacking your guys' quarterback eight times in one game, but you guys ended up winning the game because he missed a sack at the end of the game. Uh, I don't know if you guys are old enough. We, we were really good at, at setting shitty records for a while. <laughs> the Seahawks were like the first team in the NFL to win a division with a losing record. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and uh, that, I think that that same year, actually, the Mariners became – or like lost them, lost a hundred, like had a hundred losses or something like that. It was, it was just like Seattle had the worst, uh, kind of some of the iconic worst seasons. Wasn't the uh, the uh, beastquake run during a year that you guys made it to the playoffs? That was that year. Yeah, that was yeah. the year that we had seven wins. <laughs> and, and then yeah, and then uh, the the uh, were the returning Super Bowl champions, and Marshawn Lynch just ran over them. <laughs> and we're like, oh, this guy's going to be good. And he was. He was so good. So intense. Yeah. What a character, too. I don't know if you guys have uh, ever watched his mm-hmm. like, Marshall oh, Lynch uncut or uncensored or unedited or whatever. Yeah. He was just in Seattle like two weeks ago riding his BMX around like around at, like midnight with a big crowd of guys. They were just like cruising the streets on BMXs. <laughs> <laughs> hey, here's another interesting. This is something I've been talking about recently is – being into my 40s or early 40s but i'm into my 40s let's be honest is i am starting to see the new generation of the suit and tie crowd Mm -hmm. Um, oh they're so cute aren't they yeah these are the guys that when i was about 30 years old they were in college and these were the guys that i hated at the bar and i didn't want anything to do with them but some of them have matured now grown up some of them graduated college and you can tell who the guys are that are making you know 150,000 or more a year and they haven't quite figured out how to dress yet they're still wearing black socks if their suits you know and their suits aren't quite tailored right and mm-hmm. uh <laughs> they get the big you know, or <laughs> yeah, they're, they're in an italian restaurant and they're asking for stella because they're just too nervous to ask for anything else right <laughs> uh, and that's a new dynamic uh, that I've, I'm starting to witness is the new generation of the suit and tie crowd. Mm-hmm. Uh, and a lot of them, you know, at, at, a, at an upscale fine dining level, a lot of them don't know how to eat at that level. Right. Uh, they're still used to going to Chili's and uh, having their fajitas brought to them. And that's okay because I, you know, that's one of my guilty pre- pleasures is fajitas and chilies, I'll be honest. With you. Oh, that, that's sizzling. <laughs> <laughs> you know, but, uh, you know, they're real nervous and, uh, you know, they're letting the boss, you can, I can figure out who the boss is at the table real quick. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. Uh, <laughs> you know, but I didn't have that perspective. The dog with the curly tail. You know, that's the, What's that? 
He's the dog with the curly tail. Yeah, so that's a different dynamic that I didn't. I didn't see this stuff 15 years ago at all. Mm-hmm. Uh, I would, you know, I would have just walked up to him and talked to everybody like they were equally important at the table. Um, and now I kind of have that perspective of who to work because I probably know who's paying. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, yeah. Nick gets busy. Uh, I only need to focus on one of you. <laughs> it's kind of like that. Absolutely. Or that's the person that you want to make eye contact with every time you walk by the table. Typically, they're the ones that are making eye contact with you, too, when yeah. you walk by. Like, everybody else in conversation, they're, they're always, like, aware of the room okay. and kind of the server and stuff, too. Which is A question that came up, and I'll ask you guys this. What is the – if you had an eight top, ten top, what is the worst group of people to take care of? <laughs> There's a reason I don't work Sundays. I'll just say that. Uh, oh my god! I don't like the I don't like the I don't, like the, I don't like the after church crowd. I think they're yeah. they're a rough group. Um, yeah, especially when you're in a, working in a bar. <laughs> yeah. yeah, but I mean, I guess there's not. That, see, that's come, that comes from working more in small town restaurants, too, where in <laughs> Seattle, there's not so much the after church crowd. Um, no. But I still don't work Sundays because, you know, football and stuff. <laughs> yeah. Right. Uh, it's nice to have a set. I just, you know, I have my days. They, yeah. It, <clears throat> there are a lot, lots of groups of people. If I had a 10 top, I would be dreading taking care of those tables. Um, I personally, I think I'd just rather take care of the business groups, uh, the the companies coming in and, and trying to show off for yeah, sure. business deals. Okay. You know, here comes this group and they're having um, a manager's meeting or, or owner's meeting or something like that. Because mm. uh, they're, you know, depending on what time or what shift it is, either they're coming in for business and they're going to order, drink and go, or they're coming in at night and they're going to order six, seven bottles of, you know, two, $300 uh, wines. And then that's, you know, I, I will dote on those people all night long, right. hmm. but I've had a few groups of people, um, not of my background yeah. uh, that I've taken care of. And they were probably the worst tables I've ever had that's racist Peter. cultural uh, yeah cultural differences <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it's, it, they, mm-hmm. these people are nice individually but when you get um like the, the two tables that i'm thinking it's just of, when it comes right? down when it comes to money and, and yeah and it's how you spend it well i mean they just culturally it's like they let their kids run around and, and act complete fools mm. and you know they actually were expecting me to Hillbillies. um shepherd their children and these kids are literally going up to other tables and they're like picking at other people's foods and i'm like you guys need to get your kids under control this is ridiculous and of course you know it's a cultural thing you know they're not from america and they're yeah. just they don't understand me and i can't understand them and we're all getting mad at each other we had a half buyout at one of the restaurants in seattle and uh there were a lot of the vast majority of the people that were part of the uh the buyout uh, were not from America and they didn't have a sense of, Hey, this is your space, not this other, the other part of the restaurant. It's not your space. And apparently some of these people from the buyout were going up to other guests at the bar and eating their oysters. Cause they just thought that because they had a big display of oysters that all the oysters over here were for them as well. Uh-huh. Uh, 
<laughs> you know, that could be difficult. That's that's the kind of stuff I'm talking about. Like that kind of shit. Just uh. and how do you you know when you're in your you know mid twenties? Because this is when this all this kind of stuff happened to me. I'm like, how do you? you I don't. I didn't have the experience that you do or that you do. And it's just like, how do you deal with that? Well, you go get your manager. Yeah. And your manager's dealing with 15 other things and he or she doesn't want to hear about it right now. Exactly. Mm -hmm. You know, but then the guy, you know, so, you know, that's, that's why you stay on one end and it's like, you know, do I even go tell my boss, you know, probably what you do in that situation is you go and tell three other servers, Hey, look at this guy. He's eating. great. I yell at a guy for eating another guy's food. Oh, I would too. Yeah. But, yeah, you know, it's just like <laughs> we had we have a time being 24 25 years old i'm like yeah no 38 is different than 24 for sure <laughs> yeah i mean there's no. a different confidence i have now versus when i was oh yeah now i'd be like, like, I'd be like drop it drop it drop it <laughs> get out of there <laughs> you know what other you know what other group i really uh dislike is um well i used to work near a naval base out um you know, so we're we're in a water, we're in a what is it? Um, I don't know, whatever. There's a naval base near us, and uh, so there's be a lot of the navy guys that would come in, and so you'd get a lot of young young enrollees, um, and you know, just just turned twenty one, and there'd be you know twenty of them, you know, coming to oh, the yeah. table, and th th that's pretty much the worst too, because they're just getting, they're getting you know a a couple entrees to share, and then just pictures and pictures of beer. And and then leaving you like a dollar, oh. <laughs> something. Yeah, like they, they, they don't know come in to our restaurant over the weekend, and they're on. You can let me tell you something. You can tell someone's from out of town if they haven't taken their lanyard off at dinner yet. <laughs> they're just some women, you know. They just love that lanyard, and they want yeah. you to know that they are not yeah, from, from here. <laughs> yeah. Oh my gosh. Yeah. And I love the people. Sorry, guys. I love <laughs> the people. Uh, you know, they got the two-letter state code on there. I like messing with those people, especially mm -hmm. the ones from Louisiana. I'll be like, L.A.? I'm like, oh, Santa Monica's great. Gosh, I've been in California in years. Uh, welcome to Denver. <laughs> what? Like, yeah, yeah, L.A.'s great. Uh, I love the Dodgers. Uh, <laughs> like, who is, what? Where are you from? Uh, uh, yeah, so these ladies, oh, they had pink lanyards. Mm -hmm. And I was like, oh, this has got to be great. So I went around and I asked the, we're connected to the restaurant I'm in, we're connected to a hotel. Um, and I'm like, hey, what's, you know, what's going on? A quilting convention. <laughs> oh, great. I can't wait to take care of these. You're going to be a fun crowd. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we're going to share a salad. We're going to go ahead and we're just going to have cheesecake and uh, we're going to eat, eat your meatballs. And this is among six women. And we're in the middle of a PPA contest with the person who has the highest PPA wins a bunch of prizes. And I'm like, fuck. <laughs> oh, that, that little contest is out the window. <laughs> I don't want to rag on women because waiting on, I've, you know, I do, you know, our setup at our restaurant is you have to work four dinners and two AM shifts. And that's everybody top to bottom. Like there's very few people that have exceptions. Um, and early on, I realized our Monday through Friday lunch crowd is really not that great. Um, and there's really is more action in the brunch crowd. Uh, there's more money to be made in brunch. 
So I said, I don't want to work Monday through Friday. I just want to work Saturday to Sunday. And I've found a little bit of a, <clears throat> I guess, a character to put on for uh, the brunch crowd. Um, I, it's kind of maybe a, a, an aloof little bit um, where I pretend like I, you know, I'm going to take really good care of you, but I may not necessarily know everything that's going on uh, <laughs> because, hey, I work at dinner usually. Yeah. This is normal <laughs> know I'm here every Sunday. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's kind of a little routine that people are like, all right, well, whatever. He's just a big bearded bald guy. Like, <laughs> we'll give him, we'll give him one. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Probably had a rough Saturday night. Look at him. <laughs> Doesn't look happy. <laughs> you know, so I, you know, um, and you know, talking, you know, you know, doctors are really difficult to take care of. Uh, they are, and I understand that they're constantly trying to, you know, network and feed information off of each other and talk about this thing. But you know, to get them, you know, it's. Hey guys, you know, you got to give me an order at some point. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I had, I had a, a doctor treat, but we like, uh, diagnosed my hand. <laughs> and, uh, I, was, I always look to you to see if you know the word it's in my head. You never do. Um, I had, I had like, I had done something to my hand the night before. And so I had it all taped up. Um, again, I was like 22. I didn't know what I was doing. It just hurt. So I put tape on it. <laughs> and, uh, and I was working the shift and, and, um, I used my fingers. I had my fingers taped together. And uh, he's like, oh, what happened to your hand? It's like, I told him, you know, something got jammed in the door. And he's like, oh, uh, he's like, let me look at it. And I was like, I was looking at him all weird. I was like, what? And everybody's like, he's a doctor. And I was like, okay, cool. And I was like, give my hand. <laughs> so he took the tape off and he looked at it, did his feeling around. He's like, <laughs> he's like, I would say just keep it taped together until it stops hurting. I was like, oh, thanks, doctor. <laughs> free medical advice. Free medical advice at the table, if you can get it. <laughs> maybe the lady who said I should have been a gynecologist maybe she, I felt like it was kind of a flirtation type thing or maybe she was a little bit I don't know you know like she was there with her family that is probably the one area if women start being flirty or even drunk flirty mm-hmm. I get really uncomfortable yeah I do not like it uh, <laughs> if you're in any other situation I would be you know, the center of all their attention for sure. Uh, but I, you know, for some reason when I'm on the clock, I kind of turned into this straight and narrow person and, mm-hmm. uh, you know, the flirt with her, get the heck out of here. <laughs> you know, that's one of the things that you know you are? me behind the bar is, is that three foot of, you know, of bar top I have between me and anyone that would be grabby, touchy, because I noticed whenever I work server and shifts, I, you know, I, I would, everybody's out there and they can touch you. And I much prefer um, a little bit of distance. That's nice with someone to pour for you. Is that the mother hen doing that for you? <laughs> yeah. Yes. It just comes off the side of it. We Thanks. have a knob. Thanks, Dan Mother. Pull the knob and wine comes out. <laughs> so is she, is she former industry, current industry? Does she? She's tech. She's our. Uh, she is 100% tech industry. Yeah, she does our editing. That she, This is her uh, equipment. These are her microphones. We're in her basement, actually. Yeah. It was awesome. Yeah. She's truly the dead mother. <laughs> to, to tell you um, a, a little bit about us, I don't know if you heard the first episode that we did, but um, Joey and I used to work together. We actually met at a fine dining restaurant um, down in SeaTac, and Joey kind of taught me how to, kind of, he did, he taught me how to be a bartender, 
And um, Joey had this great idea at the time to do like uh, this, you know, go around all these bars and, and it's called Life, uh, Life Behind Bars and go and talk to the bartenders. Oh, the documentary. The, yeah, do a documentary series on like either the Travel Channel or Food Channel or something and go around all these bars around the country. And it's, it's still a great idea. And I think at some point we should probably run with it. It was inspired by a taxi cab confessions kind of as I wanted to do something similar to that, like, but bartender, like, you know, this all the different types of bartenders that and people that you know and then it just kind of that's basically where this turned into yeah. it evolved to but then fast service forward. industry and just all of our perspectives and it's mm-hmm. so much bigger than just bartenders and uh, i don't know i think I, yeah. yeah but then fast forward <laughs> 10 years and he calls me up and he's like hey remember that idea i had i'm like yeah yeah he's like well why don't we do that you know i i have this podcast app on my phone we can record the podcast and even do video and i was like I got you one better. I, one of my best friends, she has all this equipment. She actually went to school and got a degree in editing and, and videography. So let's go talk to her. And so we like met up with Kelly, our den mother, and we basically <laughs> proposed this idea. And she said, yes. And she here we are. She liked my pitch. <laughs> <laughs> so cheers to Kelly. Nah, yeah. Cheers. <laughs> yeah yeah okay i got i got a question for you because when i was um mid-20s like 26 years old 27 years old i had um this older woman i think i've told the story on here so i don't need to get too much into detail but okay, don't uh, definitely an older woman and she was flirting with me like crazy and at one point she's like can you read this item on the menu i can't really see it no come co- come closer come closer and then just reached around and just goosed me <laughs> and i'm like mm. <laughs> so my question to you is what was the most awkward and side question, how Flirtation. old? <laughs> um, the older, the more awkward, usually. <laughs> yeah, that's usually the truth. You know, pro- honestly, I, I hate to keep dwelling on this lady, but that was the most awkward thing. Yeah, the... You know, I, I, before, I, you know, it's like I said, I kind of made it, you know, kind of made a little bit of change in my life, I, you know, at one point when I got sober. Mm-hmm. Um, and so kind of my whole psyche of going to work was a little bit different, like, you know, I, you know, people are like, Hey, talk about Warren's Midtown too. I don't remember shit to be honest with you. Like I know that I live there. I still got connects there. Um, and I still talk to people, you know, there's bits and pieces of Chicago that I'm like, yeah, yeah, you know, all right. You know, sounds great guys. Um, you know, that lady, you know, it's like I said, anybody that flirts with me, it's just, you know, especially now that I'm a year and, three days away from getting married it's like i don't i don't need that i don't need that energy or that that kind of attention in my life anymore i'm so beyond that uh it's like i said it just yeah glittering is nice man it comes in handy i actually when when my when i got engaged i got my wife's initial i can say I got a B tattooed right. on there. It looks like I'm a Red Sox fan. It was supposed to be like a Brooklyn Dodgers B because her name's Brooke. Yeah. Yeah. I'm not, so it's, it, you know, whatever. I'm not even, my, I know, I know. I'm from here. I'm a Mariners fan. Kelly, give me a pen. I feel Anyways, I got a tattoo for my wife um, when we got engaged because I kind of wanted that, you know, 
I, I know exactly what you're talking about. Just kind of all that, all that sexual energy that's, that's directed at the bartender, at the servers, especially when people are a couple of drinks, you know, they're, they're two drinks lubed, lubed up and they're a little yeah. looser and they're horny and you're someone that's in control. And so you're attractive to them, you know, because you're in, you know, control the situation for the night. Um, yeah, God, it, it was so nice to put a wedding ring on because it deters so much. <laughs> I don't like, have to have those awkward conversations. Grab that drink like, out of your <laughs> no, like, for their time, you know, it's just always awkward advances, you know. <laughs> always clack it on the yep. glass, you know, and just do right. that kind of stuff, you know, just to tap it on the counter, uh, just just to be aware of it. I I actually I open beer with my wedding ring a lot because it's it's a it's a steel ring and so it doesn't like yeah. or anything. And I've opened like thousands of beer bottles with it. It's a fun trick. Um, my but again, it's, you know, it's another cool thing that you can just drop. I remember, when you, I remember you guys talking about uh, working together at a fine dining restaurant. And I remember kind of going through my Rolodex of fine dining restaurants that I remember. And I was like, I wonder if it was John Howie. Mm -hmm. I wonder if it was, uh, you know, Daniels. I wonder if it was, and I was trying to figure out that you guys said C-Tex. So now I have no mm -hmm. freaking clue. <laughs> so we, we worked at... Um I know that's it. We worked for a chef who who spent some time um, working under Thomas Keller of uh, the French Laundry. Um, he, he's he uh, came by way of Chicago. You know, um, he ended up in Seattle and uh, was working at a small farm to table restaurant. Um, and and uh, down in SeaTac, they had they had this resort that they built like in a in a old um, <clears throat> it was an old Washington Mutual Convention Center that was that was refurbished into a hotel like surrounded by fourteen acres of wetlands. Um, and then he was kind of the little, he was the, he was little, he's, he's a giant of a man, but he, you know, he came out with, with just all this amazing food and this little, you know, farm crafted menu. He worked, um, I'm trying to think of some of the, some of the chefs he worked like with Canalis and he did, I don't know, they did a lot of work with a lot of the fancier people around town. Yeah. Um, uh, you want to talk about red wine at all? <laughs> yeah. Do want, go ahead. <laughs> would, you, would, you like, would you like to do our history lesson? Uh, you know, I, you know, I was thinking, I was like, let's be the nerd and put together some talking oh, notes. I do it. it. I love it. Uh, but I didn't because I didn't want to be that guy. <laughs> oh, that's funny. No, so, uh, but, uh, I'll tell you this. I, this will be my second trip to Italy. I went there three years ago, almost to the date. Um, and I went on this two day wine tour that was absolutely incredible. When we sat down for lunch. I asked our, our guide, I said, hey, I said, uh, you know, what American wine, you know, are, you know, interests you? Um, and he very quick, he very quickly uh, said uh, Walla Walla, uh, which I think, which I think is great. Uh, you know, it's on the 45th parallel, which is the same as Bordeaux. Yeah. In France. So obviously the climate. Really drinking. <laughs> uh, yeah, obviously the climate is perfect for it. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, uh, no, I depend on this for my money. I've sold it everywhere from $30 bottles of wine to $1,300 bottles of wine. Uh, you know, you, we can get kind of frustrated at night. It's like, ah, uh, looking for a bottle of Cabernet. Like, okay. You meet kind of your first question is, what's your price point? Yeah. Uh, $60. Yeah. All right, I'll be right back. Yeah. <laughs> we narrowed it down to one thing on the whole list. Right. Yeah. <laughs> uh, oh, low end. I see. <laughs> yeah. Uh, the only thing we're serving is Screaming Eagle tonight. Sorry, guys. It's <laughs> 3,200 or nothing. Like, <laughs> no bigger, go home. Uh, you know, but that's something over the last, 
20, 25 years, you know, the wine game has changed a lot of it. Because when I was first getting into it, really the resurgence of Napa was, you know, really starting to climax a little bit. It was starting to become easier to get more and more French and Italian wines. Uh, Sassacaya, uh, that I mentioned to you guys in email, uh, they weren't even available for sale outside of Italy until the mid or late 80s. Mm. Um, which is pretty incredible because now it's almost a household name for uh, some amazing Italian wine. Um, and with red wine, uh, you know, the tips over the last 20 years have definitely changed. I can remember my start, uh, you know, the, probably the average price per guest was about 40, 50 bucks. And we were making 10%. Um, and that was the standard, you know, this is late nineties, you know, mid late nineties into the early two thousands. And then, uh, I don't know if that's causing too much noise behind me. Let me know if it is. You're fine. Yeah. Um, and then, uh, you know, I, you know, maybe I don't want to target 2008 too much because we all know that that's the financial crisis, but mm -hmm. that was also about 10 years ago when I saw the shift from, 10 to 15% go up to 20%. Mm -hmm. uh, and now here we are 20 years later and the average price per guest is 80, 90, $100, at least at the restaurants that I'm working at. And the expected tip is 20, 25%. Mm -hmm. And it's really crazy that this, you know, big increase has only happened in the last 20 years. Um, another reason kind of why I moved out of Seattle was the last restaurant that I was working at was going to the, no tip policy where uh, kind of a little bit of escalated menu prices and um, a service charge, or I don't know the exact verbiage that uh, doing too, as people are doing. Yeah. Uh, you know, so that was kind of another reason uh, mm -hmm. that I kind of was like, well, I don't want to be a part of this. Like I'm right. still, you know, yeah. straight cash homie. There's, <laughs> there's, there's still places that don't do the service charge. I mean, that, that some of the bigger guys, right. are too, but it's funny, um, I mentioned I was in London, and when we were in London for a couple of days, I've noticed that a lot of the restaurants there are now adding a 12.5% service charge, yeah. um, which it was funny. First night we're there, never been to London before. My wife and I are sitting there eating, eating dumplings, and uh, this guy from, I think, like Iceland or something, he's like, hey, excuse me, can I ask you a question? I was like, sure. He's like, what is this? And he's showing me his tab and it's like all the taxes and the tips and everything. And I was like, dude, I had, it's my first night here. I have no idea. I don't know what's going on. I didn't know that they were, they took tips here. I thought, as far as I know from British people, they don't tip, you know, that's their, that's the culture they bring to America. Yeah. <laughs> no, that's, that's part, you know, none of the people in my group, uh, well, two of the people in my group have been to Mexico with me before, but that's, that's, you know, America South. Uh, we went to Cabo a couple times, which you guys have never made it out to Cabo. That's not a far flight. I've been a few times, yeah. Straight down to, uh, from Seattle. Uh, mm -hmm. highly recommend Cabo San Lucas. Man. Cabo's awesome. She went that there. Is, that is uh, a really, really good time. Um, hey, I'm the only one that hasn't been there. You, know, you got to go to Cabo, Every, Pete. Everybody here is You got to go to Cabo, Pete. Come on, man. Yeah, man. I'll, talk, I'll talk to the missus. Sammy Hagar has a bar down there. She'll love it. I'll finish, I'll finish my point. I'll tell you a cool Cabo story. Uh, uh, what was, I don't even remember what I was saying now before we got on combo. <laughs> <laughs> we got too distracted. Uh, we were talking about no, tips. it was the tips in uh, tips in London. Twelve. Oh, yeah. So you know, none of the people they were asking me like, "Do we tip in Italy? Do we tip in London?" Mm. That's, you know, it's pretty easy for Americans to just see a bill, figure out twenty percent, and throw it down. And you know, and I guess in some places like 
don't do that. Like that's just not, that's just not the thing. From what I found, um, <laughs> none of them hate it. Like they, <laughs> nobody, nobody's like, if they see Americans, like half the time, I feel like they almost expect you to tip. They're like, Oh yeah, extra money. You know? <laughs> and you're just, so, you know, I think once you start not tipping, they're like, Oh, okay. They've been here before. They know what's going well, on. You know? In some European cr- countries, they actually go to school and learn how to be professional servers. I did that. And so, you know, they're, Kind of these restaurants that you go to, these are professional, white glove, white collared servers that, mm-hmm. you know, they're not expecting a tip because they get paid appropriately. You know, I'm, I'm, I've been dabbling about going to a Michelin rated or a Michelin chef ran restaurant in London. Um, one, because I just want to see the service style, you know, how much is different is that than what I've been giving all these years and you know in the upscale steakhouse scene um, and I've asked foreigners before like what country do you get the best service um, and they routinely say America uh, and I guess it's because we work for tips and so there's greater there's more yeah. on the line for us but at the same time it's like I don't know that I would work any less hard if I was paid a flat 23 an hour yeah like, I mean, I know it would be a pay cut, but would my attitude necessarily change? I don't know. I think another thing I've I've seen in in Europe is is the urgency is 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 removed around a lot of things. Um, or, I mean, you'll wait you wait a little bit longer for just about everything, but it's not. You're also there's less anxiety about it too. So you're not. It's not getting dropped off by a server who's like. <laughs> You know, you're <laughs> gonna hey, here's your here's your pasta, here's your pizza, here's your you know whatever. Um, and then in London, especially, I noticed that they they don't bring you the tab at the end of the meal. They they were closed, and we were sitting there with nothing in front of us, empty glasses. And I I had to put my card on the table because I I was like, we're we sat there for ten minutes. The restaurant's been closed for fifteen. You know, we finished our food. We're sitting there. And the ladies, the, our server is like busting the table next to us, sweeping up the floor, and we're just sitting there, like looking at her. There's just I mean, the urgency is is uh, it's it's different for sure. That would be so nice. I think I think it's you know <laughs> people are just it's not about getting as many tables as you can in the night because you make the same amount of money regardless. You know, but a lot of times it's the Europeans here in America that sit on the patio or sit. Yeah, the and that's one of the things. That's why it says that that's just their culture too. Yeah. I guess just sit forever. Not cultural difference between the two. They, they get really upset when you bring them the check and they still have st- like anything in their glass. Like I've noticed, like, you know, just, the more I learn this stuff, I'm like, Oh, that's why you guys get all upset when I bring <laughs> you the check halfway through your meal. You know? like you just wanted to catch the movie next door. It starts in 10 minutes. Oh yeah. I you think know? that's also the thing is like, you know, Americans, we're always like, go, 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 go. I'm, I'm going a, to I'm get all about reading that next step. You know, it's like, I'm, yeah. I'm ahead of my guests and I'm ready, I'm, I'm ready I'm to get go them. get dinner. And then I'm going to immediately go to the movie next door. Like mm-hmm. your restaurant where it's just like, Hey, where's my food? Where's my check? I got to go. Yeah. And why didn't you get this to me faster? Because now I'm late for my movie. One of the restaurants I worked at in Chicago was connected to one of the major downtown theaters. Mm-hmm. And so it was a very big, like five to seven o'clock pre-theater dinner crowd. Mm-hmm. And it was a little bit awkward because you're, we were literally in tuxedos and you're giving this, you know, refined service. But at the same time, it was like, Hey, here's a prefix menu that I can give you for, you know, whatever, it, whatever it costs. And I can get you in and out of here into the theater in time. I mean, we even offered to leave their leftovers in the, in one of the walk-ins with their name on it and they could come back. Yeah. Uh, just good service. Man, it would be mad, wouldn't they? Huh? 
would they get mad? Well, uh, if they, uh, the old ladies would, yeah. <laughs> you know, because they've got the furthest to walk and it's going to take them the longest amount of time. That's my target demo, you know, is like the crotch of the old ladies. I feel like if I can make them laugh, I can make anybody laugh usually. Yeah, that's true. They're, they're like the crankiest, most like, most skeptical people there. And <laughs> get them to chuckle and then uh, then you're in. You're in with the family if you get grandma. <laughs> uh, you know, speaking of touching, there were two times when, when I moved to Seattle that I was really touched uh, by a guest. The first was, I was probably within my first month or so of living there. Um, and I had a guest, and I don't know, I brought up the fact that I was from Kansas City or they may have asked, you know, they may have realized I wasn't from there. I may have had some mannerism that was non-Seattle-ish. Um, <laughs> and uh, and uh, anyway, this lady was the account holder for, uh, I should have brought one over here, uh, the account holder for the manufacturer of the bobbleheads for the Kansas City Royals and a number of other baseball teams. So she sent, she got, I gave her my address of where I was staying at the time. And she mailed me about eight bobbleheads, one of which hadn't even been released yet. Oh, um, just, you know, and they still tip me. And I was just like, this mm -hmm. is unreal. Like, that's awesome. You, you don't expect this. And then I love, I love that kind of connection with people though. One, another table, it was a family and there were a little girl there. She was, she was blind and she had other deformities. I don't, you know, I don't, I get uncomfortable even speaking about, it. I don't know, I don't know right. words to use, but, and, uh, you know, I've got a big booming voice. It's very deep. Um, and especially when you get me in a restaurant, I know how to project, um, especially across a long table. Yeah. <laughs> and I'm going through my menu, present menu presentation. I'm doing my regular thing. And she stops me mid since She goes, Troy? I said, yes. <laughs> she goes, are you speaking into a microphone? <laughs> <laughs> She was such the sweetest thing. She, um, you know, you guys can tell I shaved my head. I got down. I gave her a hug. Got way down and gave her a hug on the way out. She was leaving the restaurant, and she kind of had her hand on my head. And I, she said, I felt like a. Uh, I don't, I don't want to say it was a wet beaver because that's too funny, but uh, it was. <laughs> but she said I felt like a wet animal or something like that because she could feel, you know, I was perspiring, you know, because mm. I'm in the middle of shit. And, uh, but it was just a really nice connection moment. Uh, That's awesome. That is awesome. There in Seattle, uh, Seattle, you know, restaurant in you know Seattle restaurant scene is uh, a far cry different than you know what I've experienced, even in Little Podunk, Wichita, Kansas, and Kansas City, and then mm -hmm. even on the East Coast in Chicago. Uh, you know, there's not a glitz and glamour unless you're over in Bellevue. Uh, yeah, <laughs> that's where you have to wear a suit to dinner. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you know, unless you're eating a John Howie, you know, there's. Uh, I hate to rail, rail on them. I hope I don't get in trouble for that. Um, John but, Bowie. <laughs> <laughs> um, you know, there's not a glitz and glamour. You know, working down there on Lake Union, mm. you know, someone could walk in in a t-shirt and short mm -hmm. deck shoes uh, right off of their 50-foot yacht, and you wouldn't know it. Mm -hmm. um, because they're not wearing a suit and you treat them like they're wearing a t-shirt and shorts and you know you're making a mistake uh, yeah so the restaurant scene in Seattle kind of changed my perspective especially coming in here to Denver where there's that same kind of vibe that 
you know, someone could be casual rich guy vibe. Yeah. That's coming in from the mountains that owns a mountain, (laughs) (laughs) you know, and he's coming in for a nice dinner and he's just the guy kind of guy that wears uh, boots and jeans and a flannel Mm -hmm. every day. Uh, That's just vibe. So Seattle kind of prepared me for that here. Nice. Uh, It's a little bit different, a little bit different up there in Seattle. Mm -hmm. Yeah. A little bit back for sure. Yeah, definitely laid back. My wife's uh, uh, from Texas originally, and she's from Houston. Yeah. And uh, she used to work for a judge for ten years before she moved up to Seattle. And she, you know, she she constantly, or she'll tell me, you know, they she used to wear suits and high heels to work every day. And then she came up here for grad school, and and um, quickly realized that you know, just wearing high heels would just made no sense. And and you know, you know, going to school or going to you know, just any of the things like nobody did. You know, she'd wear a dress, but it's too cold, so you gotta get leggings and all yeah. this. And well, she's also like six feet tall, so we're no, she's five foot nine. <laughs> five nine. Five ten, five nine. Something like that. Wearing high heels, she's like a foot taller than you. No, she's, more <laughs> high. she's still shorter than me in heels. Ridiculous. I'm both you, did both of you meet your wives uh, working in the same restaurant? And like, what? How, was it any way correlated to the restaurant industry that you guys met your wives? The way I met my wife for sure was Peter was actually there that night. It was, it happened in this, in the bar that we worked in. I covered um, the bar so he could. Yeah. She had come in and had dinner with some friends and, and, um, and um, I've never really told this story fully on, on the podcast. Um, but uh, yeah, they, they had come in and had dinner. Um, we, we worked in a hotel bar where we closed at 11 but we had the we had the flexibility to stay open up until two if we felt like the crowd was, you know, good. Gonna be profitable. If we're gonna make our bosses money, they're like, yeah, just stick around. <laughs> um, and so, you know, we do that on a regular basis because you'd usually get the crowd later in the night at the hotel, especially. Um, and so they were in there until probably about one. <laughs> They'd come in for dinner at you know probably eight and stayed till one a.m. Um, drinking wine, and we had a pool table in the bar at the time, and so they were playing pool and we're all just having a good time and talking. And, um, so they get up to go and I, we'd been flirting back and forth a little bit. You know, she was she gorgeous. <laughs> yeah, no. It's, um, and, and so I, I had given her my number, um, and then they left and, and, uh, they had to walk to another hotel that was adjacent to ours. And so it was a little far, a little ways away. And I looked outside and saw that it was raining. So I, Peter was there, left with me cleaning up the bar. And I was like, hey, will you give me like five minutes? <laughs> and he's like, yeah, go ahead. So I grabbed, <laughs> grabbed two umbrellas and I ran out and chased them down. They were on this path, you know, just a little ways away. I was like, hey, hey. And I scared the shit out of them because I'm running, <laughs> coming out of the dark. They're walking like through some the wetlands, you know. And so it's like trees and swampy kind of with a path that goes through it. Um, and so I come running out. It's raining. So I give, you know, the her two friends an umbrella and then I put one up for the two of us. And then I walked them, I walked her to her car and we just talked and I told her, um, I didn't feel comfortable just giving her my phone number. And I, I was like, I was like, I, feel, I need yours. It was like, cause I want to text you. And then that was funny because she said that was the moment that, uh, that she knew that, that, uh, she wanted to pursue me because I showed an interest in her. She yeah. said, most of the guys up here are way too passive. <laughs> it was like because uh, joey was like got yeah. hoe and ran out i chased there. her down i got her number and then i and then i was like i'm not gonna wait a oh. week i'm gonna text you tonight make sure you got home safe <laughs> and she's like <laughs> all right and so i did and she's like oh you actually texted me and i was like yeah i'm not, you know I'm, I'm honest too so <laughs> and 
And then it ended up working out, you know, she was going to grad school and then she actually came and worked at our restaurant for a little while um, while she was in grad school uh, until she went out to her next job. Right on. Yeah. And you said you didn't meet yours while. Nah, mine's, mine's, mine's kind of funny and a little weird. Um, so I had met my wife briefly uh, before we had ever officially met. If that makes any sense. So I was working at this shitty little restaurant after the fine dining one. Um, and I just, I hated it. This is when I was at my lowest emotionally. And so I hated every minute I was there. Um, and I'm taking care of this table and, you know, wasn't having a good day. And I'm just like, hi, what can I get you? Whatever, blah, blah, blah. And fast forward a couple of months. Um, I'm, meeting a friend um a family friend of mine there they have this like christmas party every year for the kids and santa claus comes in and so i get introduced to uh, my buddy's wife introduces me to this woman and um we kind of talked a little bit that night but nothing ever happened so fast forward a couple more months we actually go on a date and had a good time and she's like did you used to work over at that restaurant? Because we, we went to uh, Northgate Mall and we had um, some pho for our first date. And she's like, did you used to work at that restaurant over there in the corner? And I'm like, yeah. And she goes, I thought you looked familiar. You took care of me and my ex-boyfriend and you were the worst server we've ever had. <laughs> <laughs> so in a way i met my wife um, I that before. That's funny. in in the restaurant but uh <laughs> so we both we both waited on our wives before we married them <laughs> i just happened to be the worst <laughs> server ever <laughs> I, I met my wife or my future wife coming off of a shift she was at a bar that was uh attached to our restaurant and i'm you know talking about the psychological makeup of servers and that kind of stuff you know you come down from a shift you don't want sound you don't want to talk to people you know you kind of want to crawl inside of yourself a little bit um and i was getting ready to jump on the train to head home and my buddy uh is going to be one of my groomsmen uh he texts me hey where are you at and i'm like getting ready to be on the train he's like no come up to the bar you know come up to this place uh, it's called the cruise room uh it's the oldest bar in denver uh it's actually an old speakeasy there's no windows or doors mm -hmm. to the outside it's completely interlocked uh mm -hmm. within the building it's kind of cool um but uh so i'm like yeah all right fine i'll come over there and so i get <laughs> to the bar and Kate, my future wife, is sitting there, and then my buddy Nick is talking to this girl that has a boyfriend, but he doesn't know that. And so that's pure entertainment for me to watch him flirt up a storm with a with a taken woman. So yes. I it is <laughs> it's fun. It's fun. I very purposely sat two stools away from Kate. Uh, mm because I didn't want to talk to them. I was just there to wait for Nick and nothing more. Um, had headphones in, um, <laughs> probably listening to Damn It Feels Good to Be a Gangster or something like that. <laughs> and uh, I just, at one point, I just happened to look over and Kate was giving like a fake 
hand job to her friend and she had an open hand with it. And yeah. in my mind, I was like, usually it's like a closed fist. Like it's yeah. not a, and I'm like, God, yeah, I'm like, you know, that was kind of like, what were they talking about? So I took my headphones off. I was like, hi, my name's Troy. <laughs> okay. um, and uh, we went to another bar. We chatted up a conversation. Um, probably one of the, mo the first things that attracted me to her is I was like, where do you work? Because uh, we were all talking about restaurants. And she was like, uh, I'm currently unemployed right now. Mm. And I'm like, that's pretty freaking honest to say to someone that you just met, like, and then she took me home, and here we are. Um, <laughs> still in her house, like I haven't left. Uh, <laughs> you stayed there. Yeah, I, I pretty much stayed there. I, I continued Perfect. to pay rent at a house that I wasn't living at for about another 10 months. Yeah, same path. <laughs> and, uh, and, you know, we're, we're, she's former restaurant industry. She now sells new construction homes. Mm-hmm. Uh, for Richmond American Homes, which I think they're up in Seattle too. Uh, but, uh, you know, we're kind of low key, you know, we're not, you know, because we're kind of restaurants, we don't like to make big fanfare things because we don't like to, you know, we're over getting that free dessert because we have mm -hmm. to give away a hundred of them a year, you know what right. I mean? <laughs> uh, I proposed to her um, and then I, we go out to eat and the waiter says, you know, are we celebrating anything tonight? And I said, no. <laughs> Very good, no. And she was like, oh. I was like, all right, we just got engaged. <laughs> like, I'm over the free dessert. I'm over the free glass of champagne or whatever you're going to get. Yeah. yeah. Uh, you know, just bring me my food. <laughs> you know, which is not, you know, something else. It's like, uh, you know, how crazy sometimes we can be at other when we are the guest at the restaurant um like ugh, this thing isn't polished like who's their yeah. <laughs> you know, yeah, gotcha. you know, my glass smelled a little soap earlier you know that that was i think my, one of my my first restaurant job was at a fine dining restaurant and i was getting all those little all those little nitpicky training details and that was one of the things my manager told me he said he said I, i'm gonna make it so you can't stand going out to eat <laughs> because you're just gonna be so irritated with all the details that everybody else gets wrong that you're getting right and i was like okay it's growing up in the italian restaurant that i did mm -hmm. uh, getting that mindset you know kind of at a higher you know at a, at a escalated service level than you know other places one of the things that he used to say every Saturday at our pre-shift is if it comes in the, it comes in the restaurant paid for, it needs to leave the restaurant paid for. Mm -hmm. And we kind of took on that attitude with our guests. Like, can we get a side of, you know, an extra side of cheese? Well, that's going to be two bucks. Yeah. You know, and there was no, you know, there was no questioning it. Um, and I kind of see that at the restaurant uh, that I'm at now and even the, even previous restaurants in the last five years, when you start, training the 24 25 26 year old server uh you know some of them are a little too cocky mm -hmm. um, in my opinion um sure you know they, they kind of realize that serving is kind of a smash and grab <laughs> kind of kind of uh robbery with people um and so they're kind of in it for that material cash and that quick money you kind of start seeing high turnover ratios at um not even at 
you know, the Olive Garden level, uh, but even at the higher level, because they realize, hey, I can work at this place for a month and make $3,000 or, you know, something like that and be on to the next thing, or that's going to fund whatever it is I need to do. Mm -hmm. um, you know, so try, trying to train those people, um, it kind of turns into a do as I say, not as I do. Yeah. <laughs> um, a, little bit of a, a little bit of a game, uh, you know, which, you know, you kind of, you know, as for me, you have to be careful, uh, you know, because you don't want to give the 24-year-old the, the green light to tell the guest off, uh, you know, and then they go about and do it the wrong way and just offend everybody. And, yeah, it's like that super troopers, you know, where the far of us, like, you know. 20 bucks, I won't call the guy a pussy right now. No. He just runs up and does it. Like, that's not, you're missing the whole point of the joke, man. Like, that's, you don't get it. It's too, too abrasive. 50 bucks, I'll call, I'll call him a chicken fucker. Oh, good chicken nice. fucker. That's what it was, yeah. What is this registration? Chicken fucker. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that's the whole I've only seen the movie once. But that's like the 20, that's the, that's, that's the same. Yeah. What do you tell, what do you, what joke do you tell the guest when they say, hey, tell me a joke? Because that's where I get uncomfortable. <laughs> oh god, I hate that so much. That's probably the worst question a guest can ask you. It's like that's worse than can you modify this twenty different ways? Yeah, yeah, joke. Tell me a joke. I got, okay, I got, I got. A I had a manager ask me that. In, in I got a golden one that, that is always my go-to whenever somebody throws that question at me on the spot. What are the three naughtiest vegetables in the garden? Lettuce, turnip, and pea. And then I just walk away. Because it's like, it's a ridiculous joke. It's a ridiculous yeah. answer. <laughs> Let us turn up and pee. Nothing I can go. It's really bad. That's the part I like about it. Really <laughs> yeah, I, I had a guy ask me that question in a job interview once. And I think I, I told him, uh, why did the monkey fall out of the tree? Because no. he was dead. <laughs> What's your joke, Troy? Uh, what's the key to any joke? Timing. <laughs> <laughs> this is good. I like it. <laughs> oh, I get it. <laughs> it's fun. It is. It's one of those things you just say and you walk away. Yeah. Uh, yeah. You know, you don't. Uh, mm -hmm. I definitely had. I had a guy the other night. Uh, he Trump handshake. He he did a Trump handshake with me. Just uh, yeah, he pulled me in. Um, sure that's not what, what was happening. He had carpenter hands, man. Like mm -hmm. he had the know, sawdust and, and nails sticking out of his fingers. Yeah. Large, just bear claws for hands. Mm -hmm. I couldn't even, you know, I got big hands. I couldn't even get my hands around him. <laughs> and, he, and then he just does this thing where he pulls me in. Did you hug him? And I'm for a hug at that point. <laughs> well, I used my momentum to just walk behind him to the point that he kind of had to let go. Yeah. It was, yeah. It was his 82nd birthday. I wasn't going to take his shoulder off. <laughs> Fair enough. You know, sometimes you get these old people. Sometimes you just want to breathe on the back of their neck to see if it stiffens up like they think they're getting ready to die. <laughs> <laughs> I'm here. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's your last Christmas. I'll be right eventually. <laughs> Sorry. Peter had to leave for a second. Oh, you'll be right eventually. That's what got me. 
Oh, oh that was funny shit. Oh. I mean, you know, the mom said you, you want to say these things to people, but you can't. Uh, which is, yeah. Um, oh, that's what I was. I wanted to bring up is uh, you were talking about doing the documentary. Mm, yeah. Uh, you know the original, and you know things like uh, Anthony Bourdain's kitchen or uh, what was his show? No reservations. Mm-hmm. You know a lot of you know the Food Network kind of took over the back of house, you know, uh, inside into the restaurant industry. Right. And so you get all these people that sit there and watch eight hours of the food network every day and all of a sudden they think they're an executive chef mm-hmm. and they're like, Oh, this is too salty. This is too sweet. There's not enough. There's no balance in this dish. Like, mm-hmm. are you a gymnast? I don't even know what you're talking about. <laughs> <laughs> like, I'm not, how much what? And, and so I think it's really interesting. Like one, that's why I reached like one of the biggest reasons why I reached out is because this sheds a light on the front of house aspect of restaurants that, you know, because, you know, it's really, it seems like it's all about the food. I don't know how many different uh, different TV channels I have that are, you know, food network, mm-hmm. um, yeah. you know, kitchen network or kitchen this, kitchen that, and, uh, you know, Gordon yeah. Ramsay and get shoved down our throats. And, uh, you know, I mean, places not anything about, about, that about them, but, you know, all these, you know, uh, Bobby Flay and... <laughs> That's you know, guy with. Ferrari. I don't. I don't. I'm just. I don't know how to say his name. Uh, <laughs> Yeti. Yeah. You know, they get shoved down our throats, and people think mm-hmm. all of a sudden they're a food expert, and that's just not. You know, uh, I read on Yelp that your Caesar salad was really good. Yeah, I work here. Ask me. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I can tell you all about this menu. Yeah, I'll tell you what tastes good. I eat it every day. <laughs> <laughs> For the last five years, I've eaten this menu. <laughs> Four days a week. I know. So I think that's really cool, you know, getting out and shedding some light on, on the front of house aspect because, uh, Thanks, you know, it's, it's kind of, uh, you know, maybe service is a lost and forgotten art. You know, we're not, none of us went to school. Uh, like they are, you know, you mentioned in other countries, they go to actually go to school for this shit. Yeah. Uh, you know, we didn't go to school. We had to be brought up in the, School of hard knocks. Yeah, <laughs> well, we just we just find it blindly because our personalities don't fit in any other industry, right? So we just kind of end up here. Sometimes, I mean, I've tried to work in other fields, and then it just didn't. None of them, none of them, either uh, fulfilled me like socially or financially the way that the service industry does. You know, and, and it honestly, like it's it's my social life is now my job. You know, for the most part, and 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 yeah. it and it pays decently, and that's one of the things. The, against like uh, you know going to the other Europe you know they they pay their servers a wage but we make more in America yeah, than they make yeah. you know you you go to Italy you know you're settling for a, a more chill life you're not going there to make a lot of money you know versus right. you're you're gonna you're gonna make a money as a or as a server especially in major cultural hubs like New York Las Vegas you know Seattle um, those cities that are places where you don't have as much seasonal um, you know. Uh, seasonal businesses you do just kind of year round, especially in Seattle since they brought in the Amazon crowd and everything. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Interpersonal communication is definitely a big part of uh, our makeup. You know, we definitely thrive on that. Um, You know, you know, maybe we take four days off because we just want four days off or we get scheduled three days off somehow, you know, a half and two and a half or whatever. Um, And it gets to be, 
48 hours into it and you wake up and all of a sudden you're calling your mom for the third day in a row because mm -hmm. you just need someone to talk to because yeah, you're lonely. <laughs> the screaming colors on the TV just aren't doing it for you anymore. And all of a sudden you're talking to the guy at seven 11 because he's the most interesting person you've talked to in the last day. And a half. Uh, you know, yeah. Uh, but yeah, that, that need to just want to communicate with people is definitely there. Mm -hmm. Oh, Hey, so, Hey, uh, I think we are reaching our last call. Um, well, hey, Troy, thanks, man, for coming on. Um, so uh, here, the, the, the free cheers. Let's do the, let me do my little speech here. <laughs> oh, sorry. All right, we've had our drinks. We've shared our stories. <laughs> and now it's last call. Uh, here's a shot of wine. <laughs> now drink a shot and clink. Drink it. <sighs> so good. Now's your shot to talk about. Anything you want to talk about social media wise, or if you, if you want to draw attention to yourself in any way other than uh, just doing this, is there something you're working on or projects or just you? Uh, you know, I think probably here most recently, let's just, you know, let's be comfortable men, women, whatever, uh, about being comfortable talking about our mental health. Mm -hmm. uh, it's, you know, even it's a cliche, even when in a restaurant, it's okay to ask for help. Uh, you know, you need help at a table, go ask your coworker. You need help in life, go ask a friend, go ask a coworker, uh, go ask anybody. There's no shame in Do not be afraid to ask for help. You are not weak because you ask for help. Uh, we all need help. Yeah. Uh, it takes a really strong person to ask for help. Uh, mm -hmm. So be strong, be powerful, uh, keep working for the right reasons. Awesome. That is awesome. I love it, man. Thank you so much. That's such a good message. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Um, Instagram is at Troy and Colorado. Just the letter N. No unnecessary letters. Troy in Colorado. Nice. Cool. Nice. Um, well, that wraps up another Life from the Well. Um, thanks to all of you guys for listening. Uh, you're the best. We love our, we love our listeners. Uh, thank you, Troy, so much for thank joining you, us. Troy. This has Very been much. this has been a, a new experience for us, and it's been really awesome. And you're awesome, man! Like yeah. you've got some great stories, and you're now part of our family. Um, this has been so cool. Thank you so yeah, much for being part of it. Definitely truly, want you back on the show, and truly appreciate it. Yeah, and um, you're ever in the Northwest, ever yeah, in dude. When I'm in Seattle, I'll definitely yeah. make the point. And um, thanks to the giant, giant Peter. <laughs> I love you. He's six six, so he's a little bit bigger than you. Uh, then Mother Kelly, you're awesome. Uh, and until next time, cheers, y'all. Love each other and be good. Respect and all that. Thanks for listening to Life from the Well, full of service industry stories and cocktail history. If you like our show and want to know more, check out lifefromthewell.com. You can find us on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Spotify, and Stitcher. Join us next week for another new cocktail and guest.